welcome back listeners to a very special episode of Whisper in the Wings. Um, I am incredibly excited about this one and I hope you are as well. We have a very special guest. Uh, with us today is Adam Krar, who is the playwright of the Kaprop... Karpopsky Variations, right out the gate. Got the name wrong. Um, it's a very exciting new work uh, debuting here in New York City. Adam, welcome to Stage Whispers, Whisper in the Wing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. I want to make sure I got that title right one more time. It's the Karpopsky Variations? Karpopsky Variations, exactly. Oh, per okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Um, so... Right out the gate, why don't you tell us a bit about your show? Um, it's a family serial comedy focusing on a young, rootless woman in this family, Julia, and a relationship with several generations of this scattered tribe. And after the death of her father, from whom she's been estranged for many years, Julia's forced to intervene in a bizarre family crisis, which I, I won't attempt to, to outline here. She's deeply unsure what to do, how, how, how much she wants to get involved in this crisis. So she embarks on a journey through memory, fantasy, family myth, and the music various people in her family used to play, trying to attach herself to an identity, trying to figure out who she is in relation to this family and the world, because she's desperate to find out where she truly belongs so she can figure out what to do about this dwindling, crazy family, or whether she should maybe just find a new family. Um, so, so it's a it's it's a somewhat unconventional narrative structure, but but yes, it's 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 about a family. <laughs> and as, as so many of us have those fun, crazy di dichotomy families. I mean, I, I know I've got one of those that I, I see in those sitcoms and that, and I'm like, yep, there's my family. I got to sue someone for stealing my story. Uh, <laughs> well, I love that. So how did you come up with the idea for the show? Um, in a couple of ways. Um, first, I'm an American who was born here, but spent most of my childhood in South Asia. And that experience of returning to America um, in my late teen years after growing up abroad was a kind of culture shock. And, and that culture shock is also central to the play's main character, Julia. Um, she's the product of a habitually traveling family, not just her immediate family, but, but her uncles. And actually the whole history of this family is that they're, they're, they travel a lot for various reasons. Um, and, uh, so she, so, so I guess, I guess while it's not autobiographical, um, that sense of culture shock, that sense of a, of a diaspora of, a, of, a, of, of various generations of a Jewish family, uh, certainly was, was a root of, of this. Um, and, and I guess the, the, the sort of the, the plot, the drama of this play um, stem from from something I, I was aware of since childhood that the deep disconnect between people in my great grandparents' generation, for whom family was the most important thing in life, and various men in my father's generation who loved 
their families, but they're so driven to achieve that they become blind to their families, especially the women. So this play and the character of Julia very much came out of that, trying to figure out that dissonance. Um, that, uh, wow, that, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a hard thing to develop a comedy out of because that sounds like such a heavy topic. However, I mean, we've discussed on our show before, I mean, there's nothing funnier than the truth and, and from a lot of sadness actually does come humor. Um, and maybe one day I'll do a whole episode about, you know, one of the greatest things about Jewish humor is that there's so much suffering in it. Um, but I love that that's kind of where all that comes from. That's incredible. Well, well thanks. And, and um, I, it's, it's not a laugh a minute comedy. It's, it's a serial comedy, maybe a dramedy, but, um, but I guess, I guess um, outsiders and Julia is very much an outsider. Mm -hmm. um, Trying, trying to figure out where they belong. Um, there, there is, there is some fair amount of comedy in that. And then I guess a lot of the other comedy in the show comes from these, from these ambitious uncles that are very much a part of Julia's coming of age and, and her trying to, to attach herself to this new family, especially um, as she's losing the connection to her immediate family. Um, and these uncles in different ways are, are driven and, and a little crazy. Um, <laughs> and they, and they, and they, they, they love her, but, but they're sometimes very insensitive to her. So, so there's, there's messy, messiness and comedy in that, I think. Love it. Um, so then leading into that, what was it like developing the show? Um, I'm assuming you have several hours to talk about that. Uh, um, all day. Go, go for it. <laughs> yes. No, it, was, it was an unusually, it was an unusually um, long process. Um, and, and usually as a playwright, I don't, I don't love to develop a play for years and years and years, although that's often the case, but this one um, was a complex development journey um, that took me through many, that, that involved many different uh, theaters and a couple of, like a big, a big part of its development was at the Playwright Center in Minneapolis, mm -hmm. uh, where it had a 29 hour workshop culminating in, in a big public reading. Um, but I also developed it at the New Group and Ensemble Studio and, and Boomerang Theater. Um, and I, I think, I think I, particularly enjoyed most of, of the, the this extended development process because it's it's a complex play that isn't that isn't linear um, it isn't realistic it goes in and out of naturalistic scenes into very wild fantasy scenes and and memory and and so so organizing all that into into a into a, a, a an a form an audience could could be hopefully gripped by um, took took a lot of figuring out and and I yeah and I needed I needed I needed I needed input I think from certainly from dramaturgs and just the experience of of watching actors uh, inhabiting a story that spans eighteen years and and how do you you know how just how do you 
how do you get an audience to navigate all those those complexities? So, so the development was very helpful in answering those questions. That yeah, I that's really well put. I do have a, a quick question. I'm curious. You mentioned a 29-hour uh, workshop at the Minneapolis Playwrights Playwright Center. Is that something where they basically is that like the 24-hour play thing where they get a script and they spend 24 hours putting it together and then they present it? Is it is that no? That? It's it's oh, um, okay. I I mean I I love talking about the Playwright Center because it's it's really one of my favorite play development organizations in the country. And the, the, the first thing to say about all my experiences there um, is, it's, is the playwright is in many ways the artistic director of their development process. Um, and uh, so, so the, well, there are certain parameters of, of this 29 hour workshop um, in that it culminates in a public reading. Um, so it has a little more public aspect than some of the things they do the, the the goals of the of the workshop and the methods of working on the play were were very much up up to me um so there were certain certain things i wanted to learn about the play um certainly how music uh helps tell the story certainly in a, in a in a very complex narrative to to figure out what what didn't need to be in the text a, a lot of things like that those were my goals, and and the workshop was was an incredible opportunity to 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 spend time in the room with actors and then test test a revised script in front of an audience. Oh, that's incredible! This this sounds like an amazing place. It 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 really it's just it's very generous to, to playwrights. Um, it's like a great sandbox. So that's that's amazing. It really is, and and actually, a lot of what they do there isn't isn't as public as, as these 29 hour, it's called the Ruth Easton new play series. Um, so there's, there's one, there's different ways one can become involved and you, there's a competitive application process to become a core member, uh, so, which is a three year involvement there. So I was a core member and, and most of my core membership, I would do 10 hour workshops that, that were not, you know, really only semi, they were mostly for, for, for me. Um, you know, I could invite colleagues and, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't a big public thing, but it was a, I could go in there with very raw material and, and start to start to learn things about it from, from actors and dramaturgs. That is amazing. That really, that I, I love that there's a space like that, that exists. There, so then, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 you go ahead. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> I, know, I mean, play development, you know, for playwrights, I think it's certainly before the pandemic has just become such a part of the, of the terrain of, of new plays. And, and of course, as you know, there, there, are, other, there are other places that, that do that, um, you know, from, from the O'Neill to the Seven Devils Playwrights Conference. So there are a lot of other good places that, that do that, but but of my experiences, I, I'm most, most fond of the, the Playwright Center. Amazing. So then going along with that, uh, I was going to ask if this has been uh, performed anywhere else. You mentioned um, the Playwright Center, the new group, 
Um, is there anywhere else that has been performed at or workshopped at? Well, if this is, you know, the Boomerang production is the premiere, um, but it's had, you know, in some of these development venues, I guess most of them um, from, from the Jewish Plays Project to the new group to Ensemble Studio Theater, um, each of those were development processes of different, different lengths and depths that, that culminated in a, in a public reading. So, so in each, and each one was different because the script was, was evolving. So it's, it's, had, it's had rehearsed readings. It's in, for audiences, it's never been fully, fully produced. Here we are now, so I'm, ooh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, how long have you been working on this? Um, all, over eight years. Um, very, a very longer than than um, than many many of my plays. It's a long, been a long process. That, <laughs> wow, that is dedication. I, I don't think I've ever committed to something outside of my wife uh, for eight years. <laughs> you know. Uh, that that takes commitment there, so I that makes the the allure of seeing the show even even that much more to see all this work you've put in for eight years culminate into this. Um, what is the what message or thought are you hoping that audiences will take away from the show? Um, I think I think I'm more about wanting to leave audiences with with a feeling mm -hmm. than, than a message. Um, and uh, it, it's, you know, it's always, it's somewhat hard to articulate, to, to boil that down to something cogent, but, but I think I really want the audience to experience this, this aching, hilarious yearning of this character and this family um, and this, this young woman's place, complicated, contradictory place within her family and, and to, um, I guess, to to reveal something and get the audience to to have feelings about the contradictory nature of of belonging uh, in in you know twenty first century American families, um, and and so I want to leave them with the feeling of of a profound loss of something about families that that isn't the same as it was. 60, 80 years ago, um, but also, um, but also a sense of, of the great love that that can exist among families in, in, a, in an altered form, but but certainly a still still a very meaningful way. Um, so that's 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 my shot at uh, telling you what I want to leave the audience with, but uh, we'll we'll find out. I like that it's a feeling though, not just that like, you know, I'm not trying to push a message or a thought. I want you to feel something. I, I think in, in the number of interviews I've conducted, everyone's had a message or a thought. You were the first person to say, well, I'd like them to leave with a feeling, you know? And I like that because I, as we've seen, as my wife and I have seen shows and we've talked about it, now that I think about it, it's very rare that I say I left feeling this way. I usually say I left thinking about or I thought was I rarely say I left feeling. So that I love that you mentioned that. That's that that's exciting. Oh I appreciate that. I um I I guess I I think of plays my plays 
somewhat as akin to, to poems. Um, they're, they're not poems, they're not, they're not, they're not in verse, but, but it, it is, it's, fr it's frankly hard to boil it down to, to what's the, what's the theme of this play, and just as it's hard to boil down a poem to, you know, the meaning of a poem, someone said, is, is, is the poem itself, is just the experience of the poem itself. Oh, that's awesome. I, I like, I'm going to write that down once I get a working pen. <laughs> um, one of the, my favorite questions to ask um, the people I interview is, who do you hope have access to your show? I would, I would love for, for a lot of people younger than myself. Um, um, I'd love for my, my, my university students um, I'd to see this, I guess that they come to mind first because I, um, I mean, this is, this is a play about, about a young woman that we first meet in, in the late 20th century. Um, and she's already dealing with the disconnect between the nature of family in, in her great grandmother's generation and, and her generation. And what I'm what I'm seeing among among young people is is I think the nature of family and their relationship to their families is is different is 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 changing again um, probably in ways I don't fully understand so so I'd love for them to see it I'd love for I certainly it's it's you know it's it's a natural I think for Jewish audiences who who relate to it there's Jewish music in it. Um, but also, what I'm finding is is a in in the certainly in the workshop presentations is I think a lot of people who are who are somehow caught between cultures or feel like they're outsiders in some way um, really connect with the place. So I'd love I think I think I'd, I'm excited for people from different different cultures to to see it. Um, I. I I mean, I, I, it's it's a it's a long list of people I'd like to see it, um, but I really hope um, that 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 multiple gener multiple multiple generations will be able to come see this. It's it's because uh, I think that's it is very much um, I think a drama of 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 the ways that different generations connect and and clash. It sounds like a very and and correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like a a a, piece, a very timely piece of 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 now kind of time, you know. And listening how you describe it, because um, I loved how you said this woman of the late 20th century dealing with the disconnect for great grandmother's generation. I'm just thinking of like of of a generation of now, like you mentioned your your university students, them dealing with even their parents' generation and trying to explain the world as it is now in their eyes versus their parents' eyes kind of thing. And there, there is a strong disconnect, you know, or even, even my generation and, and trying to explain to my parents the way the world is. So I, am, am I wrong in that sense? Oh, yeah, I, that's a, I, I couldn't have said it better. Um, yes. Yes. Um, it, it is interesting because I, I think, um, I think it's a, 
a more recent thing um, that that this this increased um, appetite uh, that that people have um, to find out more about about their family heritage, their roots. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obviously, if it's not it's not brand new, but I think I think there's a renewed uh, interest in that. Um, yeah. You know, maybe it's those. Uh, genetic tests and all i'm not sure but also i think another reason for that is is i think in this 21st century people are feeling increasingly distance from their roots mm-hmm. feeling feeling that 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 this that community is a more elusive and fragmented thing than 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 they wish it was um and so so i think i think looking for some sort of connection, whether it's to ancestors or some sort of tribe is, is something that people are, are more interested than I think than they were 20 years ago. They're looking for a, a belonging, a sense of belonging somewhere to, to be able to tie to, cause they don't, they're, I, not to get on a soapbox, I feel like even though you could be on a social media thing and have 5,000 friends, you really don't have a strong connection to something. And you're looking for a strong bond that ties you or grounds you somewhere that can give you a sense of identity that you can hold on to, you know. Exactly. And I think, yeah, I think that's very much the drama of this play because cause that's something this that Julia in the play really lacks is is she doesn't she doesn't know what tribe she's a part of because she doesn't she doesn't know her family back in america as that well um and she is certainly disconnected from her father and and her immediate family and and she's disconnected from from who she is as an american because she came of age all all over the world oh this oh Oh, this show just piqued my interest. Like I'm all, I'm all interested to see where this lands. Cause there's so oh, many, come. <laughs> there's so many avenues this could go down. Like you can, you can start to see the little minefields that this could go, but also you can see all the, I guess all the humorous points from the family as well. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to see this. I'd like to now turn uh, our conversation about you, if I could, because of course on our show, we do talk about um, our personal experiences in the theater. Um, and I'd like to first start by asking you um, what shows in the past have inspired you or that you love, or maybe composers or playwrights, perhaps that, that you hold near and dear to your heart. Do you maybe want to talk about that? Yes, it will be impressionistic and rambling because I, I just... <laughs> Yeah, like like you, I just love this form and kind of grew, grew up with it. Um, I guess I guess an origin story. This is an easy cop out of your question, but it's <laughs> it is so central to what to to why I 
why I have to do live theater and write for it is when I was a very small child, my mother took me to see this musical. It, I think it was in another city. I was so, so young, I can't say exactly where it was. It wasn't in New York. And there's a number in that musical where there was a young woman sitting in a slip in front of these, these multiple mirrors and she was singing. And for this, for like a five, four or five year old boy to see this, this attractive young woman on stage in just a slip was, was a startling experience. Not just that, but that she's, she's up there in front of these hundreds of people. And so I blurted out, mommy, why is that lady taking off her clothes? And instantly there was this, this amazing force in the audience that was like moving through the audience. And, and I just was gripped by it. And I realized people had heard me and, and there was laugh. I had made the audience laugh. Um, and that electrical energy, I think was, was, um, was a big reason that, that, uh, that I thought, oh, I want to, I want to create other opportunities to generate this electricity between, between words and, and what's happening in the theater and, and the audience, this, this group experience. Um, and, uh, I mean, another, another theatrical experience was I grew up listening to this Waiting for Godot with Bert Lahr and these other, other actors. And I, again, I was very small and it was so, it was just so strange. It was like, it was on an, it was like an alien culture. And yet it was somehow very, very moving and very human. And, and, and so that, that was certainly a formative experience. Um, how, how this, this, the strangeness of, of, of good theater, um, strange, but, but then really human. Um, favorite playwright is, is Anton Chekhov again, because it's so, so human, um, and so much also about, about, about nature. Um, and, uh, and then, and then productions I've seen that, that, um, have really influenced me or of course are, are many, I, I guess, um, it was really exciting to see Lynn Nottage's Intimate Apparel. I got to see the yes. original production of that. There's a play at the new group called Russian Transport that was, you know, about, about Russian immigrants living in America that, that I guess was very resonant to me and that, that meant a lot. Um, seeing Shakespeare in the theater, including my first show, uh, post-pandemic show I saw, I guess it was back in the fall, was Boomerang's Comedy of Error, Boomerang Theater's Comedy of Errors. Um, and it was this, it was, in some ways, it was like this, this scrappy indie production um, with very good actors um, and, and a kind of funky Shakespeare text. It's, you know, it's not, maybe not his most elegant play, um, but, it, but, but, but when you put it up on its feet and have good actors, it's, it's very funny. Um, and there's just an, an exuberance of being in the theater with, with that, that playfulness and silliness um, and the artifice, um, you know, revealing something about, about being human, but in a, in a, in a, in a artificial or stylized way um, 
was was very exciting after after two years of not seeing theater. I'm still thinking about that production. <laughs> the immediacy of it, the the relationship, the collaboration with the audience. That's that's always so important to me. That's 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 what's great about live theater is is when it really works, it's because the audience is is very much a collaborator, an active collaborator. Hopefully, hopefully not shouting things out, although that's sometimes thrilling too. I mean, watching you explain, all, I wish our listeners could see, this is exactly what we've missed for two years. I mean, film and TV is great, no disrespect to it, but this, the way you were describing the passion I'm seeing, this is what, what we've missed. This is what makes live theater so great. I'm just, I, I love hearing, I could listen to you go on and on about shows all day long because uh, these shows sound phenomenal. I wish I'd seen Comedy of Errors. I remember it coming up um, uh, on one of my offers, but we were just completely booked. And I was like, well, it's okay. There'll be more Shakespeare. And watching you describe it, I was like, oh boy, did I miss a good show. Uh, <laughs> like that came and went and I missed out. You know, this is what I think we as a collective world have missed for so long is getting to gain these stories and these memories because nobody sits around and, and is like, so Tiger King, you know, everybody got together to watch Tiger King. No, no one does that. But when you talk about a theater show, we absolutely talk about those moments where everyone gasps and everyone laughs and everyone leans in a little closer and, Anyway, exactly. my book <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um, so have you, I mean, you, you mentioned Comedy of Errors, but have you seen any great theater lately that you would recommend to our listeners to see? Um, there, there is, I mean, I won't say I've seen a lot of plays in the last six months. Um, however, before the pandemic, there was a, 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 a workshop of a play that's coming uh, I think to the tank in a few months, um, and it's called "Don't Do This, Don't Do This to Us" by Stephanie Swirsky, um, and it's a play. It's it's hilarious and and dark and disturbing. Um, it's it's set starts in 2018 about a young woman who's worried that Jared Kushner is making the world dangerous for Jews because his public image embodies the worst of Jewish stereotypes. So Rachel goes back in time to 1999 to hook up with the teenager version of, of Jared um, and break his penis, preventing him from marrying Ivanka uh, and saving the reputation of Jews around the world. Um, and I'm, I stole most of that synopsis from from the playwright, but it's it describes this this wild and and sadly relevant play uh, so well. I I I I had to share that. So it's don't do this don't do this to us by Stephanie Swirsky, and I think it's something some Midsummer at the Tank, and it's directed by Tasha Gordon Salmon, who I have the privilege of of working with of. On, on the Karpovsky variations, which she's directing. Oh, amazing. As I say, that title sounds really familiar. I think it's actually on my list of things to see. 
coming Great. up in the summer. So I, I think I briefly read the synopsis and I got as far as Jared Kushner and I went, sure, why not? Let's, let's go see. I'm sure it's not something in the favorable light category. So absolutely. Let's, <laughs> let's go down that road. Um, I, now we, we've heard a lot about from you about this next question. Uh, but I want to just pry a little bit more, but what is your favorite part about working in the theater? Um, it's, I don't know that there's, that I could say one single thing. It's, I, I will limit myself to two, which is um, those early rehearsals when a play is, is presumably ready for production, theoretically ready for production and gathering in the room um, with the actors, director, and and designers, and and s- starting to figure out what it wants to be in this production, um, and 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 the fact that that when that goes well, in very short order, a family uh, a family happens among among the company. I, I love that. Um, and then um, my other favorite part, whether it's Regard, I think, and it's true whether it's my play or or a play that I've been working on in some other capacity. It's it's what I described before. Those when it when it meets an audience and starts to starts to collaborate with the audience and 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 creates creates a a group in the audience that that's that's it's not just. It's not just individuals in the audience, but but the whole audience together is is helping to to make this story mean something. I love that. That's it's one of the best answers I've heard. That's oh, you're very, you're too, you're too generous, but thank <laughs> you for saying that. I don't let that get around. I got a reputation to keep, but <laughs> um, rounding everything out, um, I, the, one of the last questions I want to ask you. Um, is what is your favorite theater memory? Um, hmm. <laughs> um, well, certainly that seeing that musical when I was a child was one of them. I was just about to say, I'm um, like outside of the slips show. <laughs> I, you know, I, th- I, I think this is random rather, you know, I, I, lo- I love to do my homework and come up with something that will be the, the, the exact accurate answer, but the, the tip of my tongue answer is it was 10, 15 years ago, seeing this Russian company at the Brooklyn Academy, and they came over and did a production of Chekhov's The Three Sisters, and um, and just, just realizing the symphonic nature of, of Chekhov's theater, and um, the fact that that it's definitely his his plays are so much not just about the text or or the the characters that it's focusing on it's it's those characters in the foreground in relation to other characters in back in the background in relation to this whole the whole the whole world that's being evoked on stage and in, in relation to nature and russia it's it's so yeah it's I want to somehow say it's stereoscopic, but it's yeah, it's it's just the 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 layers of of meaning in 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 that in that play in that production, uh, which was heartbreaking. So that that's a favorite. 
theater memory. I love that. Um, so are there any other uh, shows or productions that you have in the pipeline or that you're working on that maybe our listeners can? I do. Um, it's so, it's, it's so, so exciting to be able to, to sit and rare to say this like after two and a half years, but I have another play opening in June with Voyage Theater Company called Don't Look Back. Um, and that's, a, it's, it's also about a, a Jewish family, but it's inspired by the story, the biblical story of Lot. And, and it focuses on Lot's wife, who as they're fleeing the city of Sodom, um, disobeys God's command that, that they can get out of Sodom alive, but they mustn't look back. And Edith, Lot's wife, looks back as Sodom is being destroyed and is turned into a pillar of salt. And so it's, it's a play about a very, a rather somewhat modern, modern family, but in, in that predicament and focusing on this woman who's very rebellious um, especially against the increasingly fanatical re religious religiosity of, of her husband, um, but also devoted to her family and trying to rescue it. And so it's it's about it's about her conflict and what makes her look back. That sounds really interesting. Actually, I'm I'm excited about. It. So that was "Don't Look Back" by Voyage Theater Company. It's opening in June, right? Yeah. I I'll say June 10th, and it's at the Here Arts Center down, downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there in the uh, the village off of... Um, it's I near Soho, it. I'd say. Yeah, yeah off yeah. of 6th Avenue. Right off 6th Avenue. Yeah, I know exactly where it's at. I've seen a couple great shows there. So hopefully we'll be in contact, and, and we, can, we can post about it, too. Oh, please do. I'd love for you to see that one as well. But please come see the Karpovsky Variations. Oh, first up on the list. Absolutely. And speaking of that, if our listeners want to get more information about the show, um, how do they get in touch with you or how do they get more information about it? The show, all the information and tickets you can access through boomerangtheater.org. And theater in that is with the RE at the end. So boomerangtheaterre.org. Um, and there's, they can link to tickets and learn more about who's in it. Um, and I will, I will digress and say it's, it's, it's a remarkable cast. Um, so, so super talented, experienced, but so, so game for this, this play. Um, so yeah, that's, and then, and then my website and people can contract tack me through that is adamcrar.com. Uh, A-D-A-M-K-R-A-A-R.com and happy to hear from, from anybody and try to answer more questions about this play or my work. Fantastic. And where and when is your show playing at? It's going to be um, at the Art New York Goral Theater. Um, that's at 502 West 53rd Street. Uh, the, yeah, so it's the Goral Theater at the, the Art New York Theater Complex over on West 53rd Street, 502 West 53rd. Perfect. And it plays May, um, trying to remember. May 13th through the 29th. Per there you go. I was going to say May 7th, and I was like, that doesn't feel right. Uh, <laughs> well, perfect. Adam, it has been an absolute honor speaking with you and, and just 
learning such a wealth of information. I'm so excited to get my tickets to see your show and see your next show. Um, I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much for joining us today. Andrew, thank you so much. It's, it's, it's such a pleasure speaking with you. Um, I don't, I, you know, interviews aren't necessarily the, the easiest thing to do, but this, this was just, just a joy. I thank you for, for, for you're such a good listener and you're, so you, I appreciate all your, you're getting me to, to spill the beans. <laughs> you're <laughs> good at that. My guest today has been Adam Krar, who is the playwright of the Karpovsky Variations, which is playing at the Graal Theater, which is at the Art New York Theater Center at 502 West 53rd Street. Uh, It's playing from May 13th through May 29th. Get your tickets now, and you can get those tickets and more information at Boomerang Theater, and that's theater with an R-E, boomerangtheater.org. Don't miss the show. It sounds fantastic. I know I'm going to be getting my ticket, so come join us to see that show. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your mask on, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs> <laughs>